When you're best friends with the founder of the Lubbock County Militia, you get your own radio show. It's the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. I took a double take out on the interstate when I saw her making eyes at me. So I followed her down. Well, hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for telling your friends that you hang out on the other side of Texas, the most talked about afternoon radio show in West Texas. I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson. Little sister, Lauren Huff, is across the way. You drinking some healthy, you were hacking last time you were on the show. You feeling better? Feeling a lot better. Drinking um, green tea. Green tea. Green tea. Green tea in West Texas. <laughs> Hottie toddy. Hottie toddy. Mississippi. <laughs> Little sister, Lauren Huff. Hey, uh, we are broadcasting from the West Texas Accessory Depot Studios. Go see the folks at Accessory Depot on 82nd and Valencia. I keep on meaning to put up a picture of my truck up on our Facebook, Other Side of Texas on Facebook, so you can see what they could do, like make your truck great again. We had to buy, I'm going to get into the read here in a second, but let me just say that we, last year, we bought my high-rolling wife a uh, a new navigator, and then we we got into another car situation, and then I got T-boned on highway 84 and that got totaled out which means that they're going to give you a check but then you're going to have to buy a truck and you're like upside down i mean you're still in debt (laughs) so well so we did something that would keep us out i got a 2012 Mm -hmm. tundra Mm -hmm. and then i just took it to accessory depot and they made it awesome i mean it looks new it looks brand new guys are like man that looks and i'm like yeah and it's crazy that for the amount of money that I would have had to paid off the lot for a truck that looks like that, uh-huh. what they did at Accessory Depot, woo, saving money because I am a fiscal conservative, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Accessory Depot on 82nd and Valencia in Lubbock. Other side listeners can get a free row of WeatherTech liners with the purchase of a bed cover. That's right. Whether you're listening to podcasts, you're listening online at OtherSideOfTexas.com or on air. If you go get yourself a bed cover for your truck, they'll give you a free row of WeatherTech liners, and I can personally testify to how great those are on road trips. No Cheetos in your carpet, your truck, or car. 806-866-9494. That's 866-9494-WTAccessoryDepot.com. Lots of things coming up in this edition of Other Side of Texas. So glad that you're with us. We're going to have Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune, get into the most important form of government in your life. Whether it's for you or against you, and that state government, and nobody knows it better than Ross Ramsey covering it 40 years, and uh, almost 40 years, and we're going to get into why the redistricting case may not matter because the GOP has already won. You can hear Ross Ramsey give his take on that, and then what the Texas GOP may not have tied down is the Texas Senate, and get into... Why the Texas Senate rolls the way it does with its supermajority and why that supermajority 
could be in peril. And then gearing up for tomorrow, whenever I make my final decision on the biggest issue in Lubbock politics since we decided to go wet, I'll quote a former mayor of Lubbock Uh who had something very ingenious to say. For 80 years, we talked dry and drank wet in Lubbock. (laughs) And that's a fact. That's what we did. Well, this vote coming up, the highest turnout was voting to turn Lubbock to let let stores do package sales, Uh package alcohol sales, and get away from the strip where everybody drove half drunk and then drove home all the way drunk uh, out to the strip in Lubbock. But (laughs) the next most most controversial vote is, will the city of Lubbock turn over the Coliseum Auditorium to Texas Tech. Originally, the state gave land to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech gave it to the city of Lubbock, and then the city of Lubbock wrote it into its charter that if you ever give this land back to Texas Tech, a majority of voters must vote to allow it to be so. So that's what the proposition is on the ballot, and because I don't presume to know all the details, I'm going to get Matt Dutre from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal in here to talk about this in about half an hour, and we are just going to grill him on all the details so that we're lined up for tomorrow. And then speaking of tomorrow, mm-hmm. I keep on hearing these comparisons of the Lubbock Coliseum Auditorium to uh, the Astrodome. And I get, if anything, like, we live up here on the Caprock, on the edge of the Great American Prairie, and the Chihuahuan Desert, where those two things meet. Like, we are a long ways away from everybody else. So, there are people in Lubbock who can profess to be experts, kind of like snake oil experts were the first... What are these oils my wife buys? Essential oils. Yes, like, they were the original essential oil salesmen. Like, this can cure... You have brain cancer? Put some peppermint on your big toe. Right? So, I get... But the political version of that is, well, this is just like the Astrodome, and let me tell you why. And you listen to them, and then after seven and a half minutes, you say, have you ever been to the Astrodome? Well, no, that doesn't matter. That's beside the... No, it's completely the point. And so, I went and I got a a guy, Craig Levante, Mm -hmm. who... Levante who has written about the city of Houston and its decision to vote against the renovation or the there was a movement against the renovation of the Astrodome whenever it was $500 billion or whatever. And then they decided to do it for, I think, around $150 million, and people were on board with that. Right. And how that plays into people's... Is it apples to apples or apples to oranges whenever you compare all this to the Coliseum? All right, coming up, Matt Dotre. And I don't know how much radio Matt does, but I'm so glad. I mean, he's such a great journalist in Lubbock. We're lucky to have him. And I'm glad that he's coming out to the show. So that just sets up this edition here. And I don't know where I want to begin i got like three things I always set up and decide what I want to go with. Well, i tell you the most pressing thing at the Lisa Ponderosa right now. Mm-hmm. It is now April 25th. Right. And for 364 days a year at my house, what we hear about is May the 
first. Now it's May the first. It used to be May the first. May the first. And that's because my twin boys, Jack and Sam, that's their birthday. Oh, exciting! May the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super. Are y'all gonna? So it's have like a party. It's like I don't care when Easter is, and you can take Easter and shove it wherever. Like none of the, Halloween doesn't matter. How long until May the first? That's what we want to know. May the first. That's that's what we've heard now for the better part of nine years. Mm-hmm. May the first. Eight years and 51 weeks, that's all we've heard about is May the burst. But they turn nine next Tuesday. I, don't, I mean, I've said before, we have we had Grace, and then 20 months later, we had twins. Are their personalities completely opposite? I, I have stepbrothers that are twins, nah, and their personalities are very different. They, you know what's crazy is that they sleep. They have full-size bunk beds. Oh, fun. And they will not sleep apart. Aw. It's kind of like, like they aren't like curled up in the womb with one another at night, but they won't sleep on different bunk beds. And so Mm. it was like, well, I guess Charlie, the four-year-old, is going to sleep on the bottom. Yeah. And then you guys can sleep on the top. Yeah. They are really joined at the hip in that regard. That's pretty cool. I mean, it can be cool. But, and they wear the same size clothes, so that's, you know, just go out and buy the same size, and then they alternate uh, shoes and all that kind of stuff. And But, you know, I'll get around to it here in just a second, but Jack, Jack is, of course, a French nickname for John, Jacques, right, Jack. And, uh, and... Here's the crazy thing is that I'm John Thomas Leeson the fifth. Mm. That's my legal name. Mm-hmm. And I did not inherit a castle. <laughs> and for the longest time I've I've resented my name a little bit that I mean, who's the fifth? Like you have to be from like a political patriarchy that is defined a, a nation <laughs> to be the fifth. Which is not the case at all. Yeah. And so I was so Whenever I knew that we were having twins, my first thought was, oh, my goodness. All the stuff we just did with Grace, the teething, the the late nights. I'm going to be doing it with two kids. But it was all canceled out because I thought, I don't have to call either one of them the sixth. The line is over, man. It's over. It's, it's all done. And it was done. And so we called John Shepard Leeson. And then Samuel Thomas Leeson. Sam took the middle name. Mm -hmm. Jack took the first name. And uh, named Sam after John Steinbeck's East of Eden. Have you ever read that? Uh, uh. There's a great character. East of Eden? Oh, man. It's like my house is burning down. I'm getting family Bibles. Uh uh, So far as it pertains to books. Uh Uh-huh. Family Bibles, and I'm grabbing East of Eden. Because I have some first editions of it. Oh, I have a first edition of A Grapes of Wrath. um, um, See? Steinbeck. Yeah. But there's this great character in in East of Eden who's the contrast to the bad. And I don't know why movies now... Like, you remember like the whenever the Star Wars series came out? Mm -hmm. Like the reboot? Mm -hmm. And the first one they did, it was so weird. The one with... Jar Jar Binks, and it wasn't good, and it wasn't bad. You like, didn't like the like, no, first remake. No, no, the characters were, you know, kind of, kind of good and kind of bad, and it tanked. 
But as it went on, mm-hmm. they made those distinctions better. Like, why why characters were bad and why they were good. Like, they drew out and substantiated why they were. But Samuel Hamilton in East of Eden is, like, the good guy. And it's all based on Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. right? And so two sons, and their father's name is Adam Trask. I'm, I'm really off in the you know, off in the bar ditch now. But uh, Adam Trask, and then his wife Kathy is kind of this play on on Eve and and. Steinbeck starts out, I think it's chapter 6, and he says something like, I believe that there are monsters in this world uh, that were born to human parents. And he said, can I, can I uh, egg, uh, I think he says malformed egg, produce physical monsters, uh, may not the same process uh, produce a malformed soul. Mm-hmm. And that's the mom. And so the mom's... Oh, okay. And so Kathy is the... Kathy Trask is the uh, comparison to Samuel Hamilton, and that's why we need Sam Sam. And at least that's my story. My my wife will give you another story. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool that he's named after yeah. a literary character. Well, you know, I, they won a Nintendo Switch, and that's really because right now they have a Wii. Like mm-hmm. the Wii I bought in 2002. Like yeah. that's what they think is a video game console. So yeah. we're wrestling through all that. And, uh, We'll see how it goes. But for for now, I, look, <laughs> we'll have to do an after show about where all, <laughs> where all that could go. But that's the update from Lisa and Ponderosa. The update from the Texas Capitol coming up with Ross Ramsey. Stick right here, other side of Texas. Class voted him most likely to run with scissors. Welcome back to The Other Side with Jay Leeson. Hey, this segment's brought to you by Racer Car Wash. You need your car wash. Let me tell you where to get it washed. Voted Lubbock's Best Wash five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations. Go to racerwash.com and figure out which location is closest to you. And they're spread out all across the city for the best wash around. Racerwash.com. Racer Car Wash. Proud sponsors of Other Side of Texas. Got Ross Ramsey. Be on here soon. He must be on a story. Uh, he's usually in with us here at 515. Uh, but let me just go into this, and we'll break whenever Ross gets here. But the boys want this Nintendo Switch. It's really been a wrestle for us because we don't do video games. Like, What is we, that? It's like the new Wii, I guess. It's like the new okay. Nintendo thing, and they're all hung up on it because they say, well, our friends want it. Our friends want it. And, you know, Charity and I had to have a talk about, I've said this before, I'm a firm believer that you can be a part of a group and keep your own autonomy. And Texas history shows that that to be a fact, right? Because the Texans, the Texians said, well, look, um, 
we can try this Mexico rule thing out, and okay, we don't like that, so fought against that, and then, well, we're going to form our own republic, and that kind of went bankrupt, so nope, we got to try something else, and then, oh, we'll become a part of the United States, and then, well, we don't know if we like that, and the Confederacy, and then, oops, and then, okay, well, we'll try to make the U.S. thing work, but even today, what's the biggest buzzword in Texas? Succeed, succeed. So I know everybody's like, we could succeed, we could succeed, we could succeed. Yeah. So you keep the tension of who you are <laughs> on a state level. Like I'm going from family to state, but you can be a part of groups and and still keep your autonomy. And uh, Texans do a good job of that. And like with our school, mm-hmm. one time Grace came home. It was during the Christmas season, or to be politically correct the holiday season and grace came home and she pulled this just an example Mm -hmm. but her school likes to like i want to have resilient we want to have resilient kids we want to expose them to things and then see if if our principles hold in place Mm mm-hmm take it back to uh, like yesterday i was talking about methodism there are as many uh, sudanese people in lubbock as there are liberals like real liberals in lubbock and yet everybody knee jerks and the democratic party in lubbock doesn't do any favors to itself because it's like oh we're gonna bernie like oh well you know i'm so-and-so and and i'm for second amendment rights but let's bring bernie sanders to town right and so everybody freaks out and there is embrace and exclusion to a point where you're just like, well, you know, what are you? But with our kids, so they go to a school that that does do, I think, a suitable job of saying, okay, so there are these different traditions and we want you to be... Because all the traditions I was exposed to as a kid was that Randy Hood would not stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance because because his religious denomination would not allow him to do it right so he was like well i can't do the pledge of allegiance and we we're like why not he's like well for the same reason i don't do, don't do christmas and i was like what this is kind of nuts uh anyhow i'm digressing grace comes home one day from school during the holiday season during the christmas season and gets the rug out of the the washroom and brings us to the living room she's like dad like i just gotten home mm-hmm. dad dad i want to show you something mm-hmm. i want to show you something and i said okay and she drugged the long rug it's like two feet by six feet a runner yeah mm-hmm. drug it in the living room and she wanted to show me how another kid in her class she's in kindergarten prayed how another kid in her class prayed and so she got down on her knees and was trying to speak what I presume to be Arabic, but she was just blurting out all the Spanish words she knew. And she's bowing her head on the floor. And as a dad, Protestant, like, I want to raise my children in a certain way, like, oh, my gosh, she has been inundated. My my daughter has been inundated here. And I'm watching her do this, and I don't know, I'm just sitting on the couch just watching it saying we're going to do something but then when she gets done she does what we always do as a family during prayer time and then and i don't 
I'm not trying to run people. I'm I'm not trying to run people down. But mm. you know, she's giving some broken Arabic and in Spanish. You can't really tell what she's saying. And she gets done. And you know what she does? She gives herself the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Aww. Spirit. And I took a deep breath and said, you know what? This is this is okay. Mm-hmm. She's holding to who we are and trying to engage and understand these other things. But at the end of the day, I think that she's going to hold to who she is. And yeah. I just, in this culture right now, I just don't understand why. Like, if you really feel competent, and people get on to me all the time, like, oh, Lisa's Democrat, da, da, da. No, I can engage those things. Uh-huh. Like Garnet Coleman yesterday. Mm-hmm. I can engage Garnet Coleman because I'm perfectly confident with where I stand. Yeah. And I can do that without it becoming a rock slide and me losing my footing. And, you know, I just don't understand why we ought to be such wusses in in culture in the country right now and like no 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 we can only expose ourselves to these things like if if you do it right and i'm not saying we've done it completely right but if you do it right uh-huh then maybe uh maybe you're able to expose them to some things and you wonder why you wonder why you take your kids to tech and then they fall off a cliff personally right or some adversity comes and they can't with give them some adversity now make them contrast ideas and and grace knows now i mean now that she's in the fourth grade she understands she has a good understanding of what muslims believe mm-hmm. and she can counteract that she's got a good idea of what mormons believe and she can counteract that but she doesn't have to be some award-winning butthead to him for lack of a better term right, right? you're wrong you're like yelling right. at the wall you can engage civically and and be civil and try to understand with yeah and and that's the point mm-hmm. is that you can understand without being terrible to people yeah and i just don't know where and well i say that but at the same time like on monday in the monologue you know, this whole bathroom thing, the Texas Republicans took it too far, but it was Obama's education department and his Department of Justice that pushed this thing originally. And so there's going to be some pushback to that. And kids, kids, I, in my view, shouldn't be exposed to those kinds of things. And we've got able, competent neighbors and friends who work in school districts and can deal with these issues without it becoming an OSHA-preferred practice and you will do this or else. I mean, that's where I think things really fall off the off the cliff. And I, I see all that, and I just like, are you a man? Are you raising your family? Or are you not? Run them through through this rigor, and and they can never have anything that confronts them that that you're opposed to. And it's crazy town. It's just because that's not always the way that things are going to be. And we've all seen Footloose, and Footloose plays out like you have friends, I have friends, listeners have friends who were raised in such rigor by whatever tradition. Then whenever push came to shove, the kids gave in. Like, okay, so go with it and then at the end of the day maybe they'll give the son of the cross whatever your son of the cross is with your tribe like i'm watching all this andrew white stuff andrew white's a democrat running for governor and people on both sides are losing their minds because he's a member of a presbyterian church of christ the king in houston Uh and they like this is the it is a uh 
member of the PCA, the Presbyterian Church in America, and this is what PCA has to say. Given the serious threat that sexual perversion, like this is quote, mm-hmm. given the serious threat that sexual perversion generally and homosexuality in particular presents to young people in our society, the congregations of PCA are encouraged to study the scriptures, to pray for God's mercy and truth, to triumph in the lives of people involved or affected by homosexuality, and encourage church leaders to warn parents of the homosexual agenda being promoted through the agency of government schools. Now, the Texas Democratic Party platform, on the other hand, calls for Democrats to denounce the efforts to not comply with U.S. Supreme Court decisions, which guaranteed marriage equality to all couples and to support municipal, state, and federal non-discrimination laws which protect LGBTQ individuals in all aspects of their lives, including housing, employment, adoption, education, commerce, and public education. And so, I've watched this play out, and I'm thinking, well, here's a guy who's at least being honest, that he raises his kids in such a way, but he has enough wherewithal to be engaged with these groups. And it's it's silly to me that the D's on one side are calling for him to stop being a Presbyterian, a member of the PCA, and then the PCA, some on the PCA may say, well, you can't be an elder. And he did resign as an elder, but here's the point. He's still a member of his church. And I don't know where we've lost that distinction in culture. Like, to me, Texans have always been like from the very beginning have always been in tension as autonomous people and autonomous families within the groups that they're involved in and and like it's like me being a methodist uh-huh like we have we're going to go to break here in a minute we'll get Matt Dotre on Lubbock Avalanche Journal talk about something completely different but before I stop like as a member of the United Methodist Church all the time you see headlines, and it's like some crazy people on the left who are wearing, like, scarves that are rainbows, and, and people get the impression that that's where the denomination is, that it's all in for for gay marriage. Uh-huh. And look, I can be civil to, I am all the time. I mean, and I won't name names, but I am very civil, and I respect their right under constitutional law. Right. But in my house, that does not fly. It does not fly. And, I, and I'm a little bit, well, more than a little bit sympathetic with Andrew White on this front. And, you know, the reason the United Methodist Church is held together so far is because you've got Africans involved in the denomination. Because it's a worldwide denomination. Mm-hmm. And African chiefs who say, tribal chiefs, who say something like, I've heard stories. I've heard them from them. You came here. You know, Methodists came here 50 years ago, and they told my father that he couldn't have many wives. And now you're telling me I can have many wives. Like, I get it. Like, there's some... But it's the Africans that are holding the denomination together right now. And I know that's a tangent, but it's what comes to my mind in all this, that... You know, let's let's raise resilient kids. If if you really are as conservative as you say you are, 
then let's raise them right and then let them contrast and teach them to be civil to people who have different ideas and different agreements instead of like running down I totally agree the Andrew Whites of the world that he's conservative within his own house but he respects the constitution on the exterior out in the periphery in the public square and I just don't understand where we've come to a place where people like like, I thought we were over puritanicalism, but I guess we aren't. Like, you better... And this is to the left, like the left version of Quaker Oats guy, right? So, like, there's Quaker Oats guy, and then there's liberal Quaker Oats guy. And you better walk the line or else... You know, like, I'm watching this stuff in the Houston Independent School District hearings the other night. And, and to be fair, in Houston, they're, sh- they're talking about shutting down 10 or more public schools, and people reacted to it. But... People just lost their minds, and people lose their minds, namely people who wore pink shoes in the legislature to try to stop abortion law in Texas like a Wendy Davis. Well, he doesn't meet, he doesn't meet pure Democrat in her mind, so she opposes them. And it's like, well, can't they just be close to what you're looking for? Because this Lupe Valdez thing is going to be a disaster. It's going to be an outright disaster. She's going to lose, like, Wendy Davis is, maybe why Wendy Davis is so against Andrew White on the Democratic side is because she thinks that Lupe Valdez will make her look better by comparison when all's said and done. But I don't understand where we lost the notion of raising them the way that you raise them and then letting them interact in culture, watching them, guiding them, pastoring over them as children, and and then we're just we're it's the it's the same example of well these limp need liberals like it's the equivalent to me these limp need limp handed liberals won't expose their children to any risk or any danger well you're not doing it either man so what do you expect them to be they can't always be protected so you put in all you can for those first eight years and then you just guide it for the next eight and see what's going to happen. That's just my dad rant. And I just don't understand where, like, you can be Bible-believing, to use the language of some people, Bible-believing families uh, filled by the Spirit and all those terms, but still let them engage culture. And then we'll see. And, you know, if school comes in and says, well, you're going to believe this by God. I had a teacher say to me once that in 20 years, culture will not exist. Because of all the different people, it's a melting pot now. You you don't hold up your the. Well, I can get things. that because it's like we have spiritual constipation, right? Like, well, the opioid crisis yesterday. Well, if everybody consumes everything mm-hmm. and never gets rid of anything, then you're going to get <laughs> sick as a people. Right. Or if you're afraid to f- face adversity and you've got to have a little bit of buzz in order to face adversity, then you're going to be a weak people. And it just drives me crazy. Well, let's go to break. We're going to go to break now. We're going to get Matt Dotre in. Don't know what happened to Ross Ramsey. I have no idea. He owes us one. He does. I agree. Go to break. Get some Matt Dotre. Talk about the most controversial thing since turning Lubbock wet with the Lubbock Auditorium Coliseum. I was a rambling man when I was young. I've been rambling man 
Welcome back in. This segment's brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Before we get in with Matt Dotre, I got to put in a plug right now. Oh, yeah. My buddy... On the other side this is Wesley Taylor right here. History Think about this being our theme song. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the country. They don't like the it, they don't love it. It's really, it's they really say sad. we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas, hoss. We Where's the music at? They're putting it in. Okay. They're working. <laughs> what do you think about it, Matt? No tree? You like it? Yeah, it's all right. Pretty good. Hey, it, it, come on. You come into this studio, you be like, that's the best thing I ever heard. <laughs> like, you know, I'm forget st- Def Leppard. Those guys are terrible. Listen, I'm stubborn with change. But, hey, if you like it, you go for it. I, I do like it, Matt. I like it almost as much as I like you. Um Ross Ramsey got stuck in a situation. He's texting us now. And, you know, look, if you're Ross Ramsey, then you probably get into some situations every once in a while. So uh, he's he's off for today, making room for our friend Matt Dotre, who is the political reporter for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, at M. Dotre, AJ, on Twitter. So for listeners that are listening far and wide, I don't often delve into local stuff, but I want mm-hmm. to delve in here that people will say the highest turnout election that there ever was in Lubbock, Texas, was the vote to go wet, to allow package alcohol yeah. liquor sales in stores in Lubbock. That was the first thing I ever voted on. I was just 18, 18 or 19 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you vote? Yes or no? That, can you tell me? <laughs> that's that's private. Sorry. Okay. All right. Just, Freaking, freaking old school. But we haven't seen those numbers yet. The numbers are pretty bland. Are they? In terms of the early voting numbers. All right. I think it was only... The vote... Let me set it up. The vote is that in what year did the state of Texas... Matt Dotre, you're here to educate me. What year did the state of Texas give land to Texas Tech? And Texas Tech turned that land over to the city of Lubbock. So... That was early 50s. Okay. I'm not sure specifically what so day. Early, early 50s, it was turned over, and then, uh, you know, it was built by, what, 55? 55 or 56? And then Lubbock, the city of Lubbock, put into the charter that if this land's ever given back, a majority of voters must say it's okay. And That's so, right. you know, I was on the bond committee in the city of Lubbock back in 2014, and the question for us at the time not a lawyer, but looking at a majority of voters. Well, voters who participate in the election or voters in general? <laughs> and, you know, our point at the time was, well, let's get with city legal, because if it's a majority of all voters, there ain't no way they're coming out for this election. So, sure. obviously, it's those who show up. Of course, yeah. And they'll begin to turn over. Yeah, we can't force people to vote, but yeah. Well, I mean, you could be red either way. <laughs> okay. We can force a lot of people to do a lot of things. So the bottom line is, since the early 50s until now, the early 2000s, there's a long history of disrepair in the building. 
and that I was told at that time the next time an HVAC unit goes out in the auditorium or coliseum, we aren't going to be able to repair it because the cost of repair, in order to bring it up to ADA to make it compliant in a way that we would expect a private business to be compliant, Matt Dotre, is how much money? So they say $15 million, but that's before all the ADA stuff. So those projects would then trigger the ADA compliance, and then the estimates I hear, we're talking about, you know, upwards of higher than $20 million. So 20, so two, let's just make it almost usable again. So $25 million is the number here. And the whole question is, do you want to turn it over on the proposition? Do you want to turn it over to Texas Tech, or do you want to keep it? Right. Yes, yeah, that's what the proposition. Yeah. So the proposition says, do you give the city permission to? I think it's you know essentially negotiate with tech. I don't really know what ne- what negotiating will be involved. Negotiating the, the city will then a structure that was tech. meant to take a cruise chef bomb is what it is uh-huh. because there's going to be demo involved with that. Oh yeah, the thing is built like a rock, and demolition alone is what five million dollars. I mean, something it's, like that. they say that. Yeah. But, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, essentially what we're talking about is 2.5 cents on, at the end of the day, if you want to keep it, then essentially, and you may disagree with me, I don't think it's opinion, I think we're just looking at it objectively, Mm -hmm. if you vote to keep it, then you're essentially voting for a 2.5 cent per hundred on your property, a bond, because you're at 2.5 million, 25 million, so you're at 2.5 cents per hundred absorbing the cost of renovating this yeah, facility that, that needs to be. That's a big assumption, though, because what I've the what I'm understanding is that the city council. I don't, I can't imagine that they would even vote to spend the money to do that. Even if even if the citizens voted to keep it, I haven't gotten the indication that the city assumes that that means the city the citizens want them to then make it usable again because even if you put what i keep hearing is that that's a bad you know quote bad business decision because even if you did throw that much money at it what's what's the use for it right i don't know Mm -hmm. um okay because then it becomes you use the word use so you're looking at and this is the way i'm going to draw it up like, they are going to just let it dilapidate, which I don't think, okay, you're going to just let it fall apart, or but you're going to say, well, we're going to put $25 million into it. And so those seems, to, if, if you keep it, those seems, that seems to me to be the options that are on the table. Yeah. Now, you said the word use. How often is the facility used right now? This year, I think there were, what, 10 events scheduled? Auditorium policy. And yeah. what is operation costs? What is operation maintenance costs on that facility right So now? their net expense, the number that they keep throwing out, is about, you know, 800000 800000 Per year? This year. This year, yeah. 800000 Yeah. So that... For 10 events? <laughs> yeah. So the majority of that is utilities. Have you vetted those numbers? Yeah. Well, I, so I looked at the budget. Yeah. And the majority of that, so a lot of it's staff and then a good chunk of it, the majority of it is utilities. And, you know, I was just told this morning that you know, when there's an event and the 
summer, they have to turn the air conditioning on two days ahead of time in order to See, I would have thought it. that it was two weeks ago. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. What does Tech plan on doing with it? Do, do we know what they want to do with it if it is voted to give back to Tech? So they haven't given any specific details, um, and, and they've kind of... In my opinion, they've weirdly kept quiet about it. I thought if mm-hmm. originally I thought if Tech wanted it, they could run a pretty big ad campaign in order to kind of sway opinion. But they're staying out of it until the vote, and then okay. all we've really had is a guarantee that it won't be just parking. I, okay, so time out. Time <laughs> out. Parking so, would be good. But, I will say so, that as a student. Yeah, but, but, but <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the problem. We're going to have to go to break, and then we'll carry you over the break here. If you got time, I got time. You're yeah. on deadline. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the whole the whole hang up for me is that in a lot of ways I've seen what a couple of councilmen have done, like Massengill and Griffith, and I thought that they, Jeff Griffith, Steve Massengill, the most transparent government is the government official is transparent. Like, come in, let me show you what I think. Da da da. But the campaign that it's just seemed really ham handed to me. And to the extent of this, you say that it's guaranteed, but I'm really sympathetic with people who say, Well nothing's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like Tech's not even took a vote. Like why couldn't Tech take a vote to say if the region's voting? Yeah. If the city of Lubbock, if the citizens, the good and great citizens of the city of Lubbock turn this property over, then we shall demolition it at full expense. It seems so like they said that. They have. They have. They took that vote. No, they have <laughs> taken a vote. No, but they, but they said, said, that. said it. Yes, they said pending, you know, assuming the Board of Regents votes to approve it. That's, yeah, and that's, that's all that's to assume. I know. Yeah, but so don't you don't want to get the cart before the horse. No, in a but way. this is, like, this is people saying this is our investment, even though we've let it run it into the ground. But why can't they put up why can't they just pony up and say, you know what, if you guys do it, here's our pledge, and we've got it on record, and we've taken the vote. I, I'm very sympathetic with people who are like, well, Tex made no offer in earnest. There's mm-hmm. nothing in writing. You're absolutely right. So on top of, well, we're just giving it to them for nothing, like nothing, and we think that they're going to demo it. So on one hand... Well, so the nothing is, because when I first heard about this, I thought, well, man, Tech's doing the city a huge favor by demolishing it themselves because that's a huge chunk of change right but there. But have they even if they is there been anything formal other than the Texas Tech president Lawrence Skubinek saying that we will absorb the full co- like he said that mm-hmm. on record but there's nothing binding to him saying well you know what there was a lot more Khrushchev steel and asbestos in that facility and we didn't expect the certain weather conditions to come up and to blow to the south uh, from the north over the over the whole campus so we had to buy a tent that was two million dollars and so now expenses that you know we thought it was going to be four and now it's eight and but Texas Tech is still going to eat the full demolition cost yeah <laughs> So I guess when I talked about negotiating earlier, what that's going to entail, I guess that's what that's going to entail. Now, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Is it possible that City of Lubbock residents could vote first to turn it over and then absorb some of the demo? Ha- no, that hasn't been the indication at all. But you're not saying no. I don't know enough to say no, but I want to say no. Okay. You want to say no to the city turning it over? Yeah, to I, this, yeah, I can't imagine in 
a million years uh, then the city would would then fork over money to help tech do whatever they need to do no I think if tech were to absorb everything it would be a clean if it was a clean deal it'd be a good idea but there's nothing my whole deal is this there's nothing in writing like there's no like on the table agreement and all this back to say that I think that I'm very sympathetic to giving it over to tech because I think the plan is from insiders that they're going to build a big athletic dorm there and yeah. we're going to get more Zyre Smiths and that's going to drive up the local economy and you know I'm all for it I don't pretend to be like some crony conservative I understand how money's generated in this community mm-hmm. but it just seems so ham handed I'm going to Answer, and then we're going to go to break, and we're going to come back with Matt Doge. Well, let me just say, do we have a second? I agree with you, and it seems rushed. A lot of this seems rushed. I mean, in terms of a replacement for the rodeo and dirt events, you know, people are still wondering why money, the money from the bond committee in 2004 was never spent after that, after that bond was approved. I mean, it wasn't the early 50s, people, but it was a long time People ago. still don't really know what happens, whether they vote yay or nay. You know, what happens if... They vote for the council to keep it. What happens if they vote yeah. for them to give it to tech? They don't really know what happens, and it seems rushed. Sure, I would. They don't. Have, neither side has a plan. Well, not a plan in in writing. I just like that would make me feel so much better. Not like it would make me feel something like I'm going to go in and I'm going to vote for this. Not just because I'm a big alumni association member or da da da, which I'm not, but. If I were, like, I'm going to go with tech down the line here. Well, where's where's the word? And you're, bring, and you're bringing up a great point when you just think about voter turnout. I don't really see what is motivating people to go vote for it. If you're against this and you've been going to events there your entire life, you're absolutely going to go vote. even that guy's lying. Like, <laughs> they hadn't been to an event there. Like, maybe they've been there once every three years. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Yeah. But they're still passionate. I don't really see the passion in, yes, let's get rid of this thing. I don't see the passion anywhere. You don't see the passion in the anti-vote. Like, get rid of it. Yes. Wow. Okay. Go to break, and uh, we'll get back with Matt Dotre here in just a moment. I'm going to formulate some more questions for you, Matt Dotre. <laughs> Stick with us. I see the sunrise creeping in. Everything changes like the desert Molded out of red clay and baked in the West Texas sun to perfection is The Other Side of Texas with Jay Leeson. I whipped the rigs from three to midnight on the Corpus Christi Bay. Man, those guys love it How great are they? I mean, you got a building, I, I know from first-hand experience, you got a building full of a bunch of files, and you don't want to go out to the country and just burn them, because <laughs> it's a burn ban. You don't want to burn down the whole countryside. Well, they'll just roll a truck up, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992. For a free and hassle-free estimate, call Lubbock File Room, 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666. Got Matt Dotre in studio. Got about uh, five, six minutes left here, Matt Dotre. Uh, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, he's covering the Auditorium Coliseum. Coliseum Auditorium, Auditorium Coliseum. I like Auditorium Coliseum. I think it, that's how I... 
it, can we all that. disagree that it, or just agree? At the end of the day, at least everybody's going to know how to spell Coliseum by the time this so. is done. Yeah. <laughs> I look at social media. I'm like, holy cow! This is not a good reflection on respective independent school districts. So, in your mind, regardless of how people vote, give us three facts that you think they need to know before they go into the booth. Oh boy! Okay. By looking, I mean just. I mean, you got paperwork in front of you. Oh, which what, is old stories. <laughs> what, what are three things that you think people ought to know both sides of the okay. issue? I think, so in terms of what's next, I think everyone is talking about the rodeo and what happens with dirt events. And I, in terms of a replacement for that, you know, there was the announcement a couple weeks ago about the uh, Regis Center, but I don't know how... Wait. How likely people think that is the Regis Center? Well, there's like a Regis. There was a proposed development up north, by near the airport, okay. where it'd be this very big equestrian community. Um, but also, I, I know discussions are being had between like the county, the city, Texas Tech, the business community, the the people over there at the the fairgrounds yeah. about a possible kind of event center for livestock shows and rodeos and things like that and even i know that they're also kind of floating around the idea of a venue tax which you know putting a tax on like the hotel motel occupancy Mm -hmm. whatever like cities do when they're trying to build a big baseball Mm -hmm. stadium or something make other people pay for it yeah exactly (laughs) kind of like a county-wide tax i know that's being discussed and which is smart because who says well i'm gonna go to you know, I'm going to go to Roswell instead of Lubbock because the hotel's too expensive because of the motel. Yeah, no, hotel, hotel. No, yeah. No. <laughs> and we, of course, get more visitors. And uh, but, but they're not saying that they want it to be completely public. They kind of want like a public-private thing, so it'd be a little bit of both. And I mean, that's just kind of in terms of that. Also, like I said, I, I'm getting no guarantee that a vote against this would mean that the city would feel the need to make it usable again. I think it and you talked about what happens next when the when the HVAC just completely breaks down. I think it would just sit there. And I think it would with chains on the door, you know? But then maybe people would be more, <laughs> more likely to vote for this. I don't know. Maybe that's what needs to end up happening. And then I know polling exists. I haven't seen any. You know but what exists? Polling over okay. how people are gonna vote. Okay. I keep hearing it's gonna I heard that people were in favor of getting rid of it. Now, whether or not those people vote, and I also heard that the margins were kind of tightening a little bit as we're getting closer to the election. So well, I, mean, I don't know what's going to in terms of, the, and I'm not in the prediction business, but I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, t- everybody wants to put it on this council, this council. You know, this. You know, we got to really stick it to this council. But I was in the room, like I was in. I can't remember. I was char- uh, chairing some committee, uh, municipal buildings and something. And we had to take a look at this whole thing. And it's a monster. The whole, the whole building's a monster. But even then, back in 14, like, that was not this council. That yeah. was other councils that were pushing for, you know, let's give this to tech. You know, And, and that was kind of the message that was being yeah. given. And I think that there's been a lot of... I would tend to think that Kent Hans has had discussions with, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think that the chancellor, the given chancellor at any time, has been having conversations with a given mayor and given city council members in Lubbock for some time about this. Yeah, and I've heard the same. That What are they going to build there? 
Do you know for sure what they're going to build there in the place of? I've seen no documents, and I don't think there are documents. But yeah, what we've what the president has said is they're looking heavily at a residential facility, mainly for athletes. So, so that may be what it's after. Yeah. So, like, where's Chris Beard? Like, why? Like, it's Texas Tech Day tomorrow in Lubbock, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, I understand your affiliation with Stan Bonowitz and Will Flemons and your affinity for Gerald Myers in that building and the great things. That you, but now it's a new day. In t- like, that's what I don't understand at the end of the day. But I just look at this. I'm like, where's the PR? I don't know. Where's the PR? Yeah, it almost just seems like the Chamber of Commerce is leading the whole thing. And, and then even the Tech Alumni Association sent out an email yeah, no, over the not. weekend. Yeah. and But they just forwarded you to the Chamber of Commerce website and just said, hey, look at their... Look at their information. Which may indicate that it is tight. Yeah. With those sorts of groups getting involved as we head into May 5. Yeah. And I I thought this was going to really drive the vote, but I just haven't seen those numbers. So what numbers? Just yesterday or the first day of early voting, I think it was like 1,500 people. Okay. Which was, you know, I think less than last year or two years ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's not... So I it's hyped not, this whole thing up for nothing. This isn't... I love it. You're saying I drove here for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that I hyped it with the most contentious vote since the alcohol vote. I mean, people are talking about it. That's what the majority of my emails that I'm getting. Yeah. And everyone... So every, why are... People, this is what I want to close out with you on. Why is... Why is the person who's... Why is Harry voting to give it over to Texas Tech... And why is uh, Bob voting to keep it? People are voting to give it to Texas Tech because they feel like with the Buddy Holly Hall, with the United Spirit Arena, there's just not a reason to keep pumping into this building that is years past its life date. And yes, I think it's fair to question why money hadn't been spent on it, why it wasn't maintained, but here we are and people would vote to move on, essentially, and quit pumping $700,000 a year into it. You would vote to keep it because I think nostalgia is a big part of it. You know, maybe someone just likes to see it when they drive by the Marshall Sharp Free on the Marshall Sharp Freeway and they think that maybe there's a second coming of the Coliseum Auditorium. Or, and here's a third one that I'm really sympathetic with. How about we maintain a building? How about that? Like, that might sound nostalgic in a lot of ways, but uh-huh. how about we build a building and maintain it over yeah. the course of, you know, 75 years? That'd be great. That would be great. Like, maybe we could do that sometime. <laughs> maybe we'll do that with Citizens Tower. I don't know. Oh, man. Any any idea how the AJ is going to come down this in the editorial on Sunday? <laughs> now, you're trying to, now you're trying to get me in trouble. Insider info. <laughs> he is Matt Dotre. You can read his stuff. You always do. Usually on the first page there at the Avalanche Journal. At M. Dotre AJ on Twitter. Matt, thanks for coming out, buddy. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. All right. So we're going to close out there. I wanted to tell you about my friends at Shift Automotive because they're awesome. But I'll wait for that tomorrow. Until then, other side of Texas Facebook, Twitter at OSTX Show, other side of Texas.com. See you tomorrow.